This is the murderer you know. Feels like a heat wave. Really? Yeah. <laughs> 48 compared to 28 where we just were. Yes. Wasn't it seven one morning? <laughs> exactly. I have a recollection of seven. <laughs> exactly. Yes, a bit warmer. What's new? How is your poop shoveling? What's... <laughs> lovely got me outside in this fresh air lovely and I got my headlight fixed on my car so lovely I don't have to drive down the road feeling like I'm one eyeballed did you ask the people how to change it so you could do it on your own next time <laughs> not really no. oh good <laughs> Well, I guess you won't have to worry about it for seven more right. years. Well, I did say to him, well, it's odd that they both didn't burn out at the same time. He said, oh, the other one will probably go out in a month. <laughs> well, that could have been a reason to check it out. And how was your day? Um, Fine. Good. Nothing to report. Good. Welcome to episode... 82. What? Getting closer and closer to <laughs> 104. 104. Yeah, it's only what, 22 away, 22 weeks. That's a long time, though. Yeah, I guess it weeks. is a little bit. It'll be a few months, a few months from now. Yeah, it's like almost half a year. True. So no panicking yet. No panicking and no excitement. <laughs> Just business as usual. That's right. So what is our murder du jour? Well, first we have a teeny tiny, not really anything major, but nevertheless, a little update from another case. Oh, I love an update. If you all remember episode 39 from last year, in which two men sleeping snugly in their beds, were the victim of a home invasion, which ultimately led the police to discovering that they had been covering up a horrible secret. Oh this <laughs> was our episode with our favorite therapist, where we learned about ACEs and so many other important things. This was one of our evolving cases. I think we initially actually covered it within the first week or so of everything sort of happening. Uh-huh. If you haven't listened, go back and do it. If you have, you may remember, probably remember, at least if you kind of go back and see the description of the episode, what these two gentlemen did. I'm going to try to keep it as unspoily as possible for those who may not have listened yet. So unspoily, if you don't want to like hear that. anything at all, maybe skip forward a couple of minutes. Or, or just stop and go back oh. to episode 39. Stop. Then drop in the name shut down, of open up shop. <laughs> we were singing stop, two different roll. songs. <laughs> we have two different frames of reference for music. That's a good point. <laughs> I do know the one you were singing. Do you know the yes, one I was, was singing? Sing it again. Oh, no. 
that's how rough riders roll no oh <laughs> how sad i think my music evolution ended in like 1989 <laughs> when i had my first child and after that <laughs> i just listened to barney videos for the rest of my life <laughs> till you guys graduated from college <laughs> So funny. That's not true. <laughs> you did enjoy the Usher concert a couple of well, weeks ago. Once you guys got into middle school and you were listening to music beyond, remember those videos we used to have? It was all music and they had different themes like the farm and they would sing old fashioned farm songs. I don't remember what they were called. Y'all like them. Uh, no, not really. It's not <laughs> ringing, a, ringing a bell. I'll have to Google them. Google them. <laughs> well, our little tiny update is that these two men have started their journeys through the court system. There was a 25-year-old man. Skip ahead for at least 10 seconds if you don't want to know anything at all. The murderer, <laughs> as it were. And he just pled guilty on February 8th to second degree murder. Uh-huh. Now, he was initially charged with first-degree murder, concealment of a dead body, use of a firearm in the commission of a felony, and shoot-slash-stab in the commission of a felony. All of those charges were null prost also on February 8th. I don't think they were concealing the dead body in the bed with them, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> That would have been a very, very poor concealment job. So yeah, the charge was changed to second degree murder, which does require malice, which of course means that the killing is considered intentional, not accidental or anything like that. Now in Virginia, murderers convicted of second degree murder can receive anywhere from five to 40 years in prison. But as part of this man's proceedings, he also received a plea deal based on an agreement between his attorney and the Commonwealth to cap his period of active incarceration at 20 years. And he's scheduled wow. to be sentenced on May 7th. And when did the original crime take place? Remind me. It was February of last year. Almost exactly a year ago. I think exactly a year ago, actually. <laughs> well, this one seems to move through the court systems pretty quickly. Sometimes we hear cases and it's like five years and they're finally in court. It's always so strange. Well, oftentimes they do move more quickly if people plead guilty. Well, that is true. That would cut to the chase. Mm-hmm. Ex-Bay, by the way, who was charged with concealing a dead body and accessory after the fact, has been before the court for his arraignment, a reminder. An arraignment is where they read the charges and where he would enter a plea. He's been before the court three times for this process, but it was last continued mere days ago on the 20th of February. And he is next scheduled to appear in court on March 12th. So two people were involved in this crime. Mm -hmm. One of them has already pled mm -hmm. and will be sentenced in May. Mm -hmm. But the other one is not taking a plea deal? We don't know. Apparently. Okay. He hasn't even been a court. I'm not a legal professional 
of <laughs> any sort. But from reading his records from my ignorant position, it seems like he has not even been arraigned. So mm. I don't know if the charges need to be finalized before he can be. What I'm imagining is that they're trying to potentially change his <laughs> charges. Maybe his attorney is trying to get the charges lessened from concealing a dead body and accessory after the fact. Hmm. There are not a lot of details when you're looking at the court records. I wonder if these guys sort of turned on each other. I don't know. Maybe. How did they think they were going to get away with it? You can probably come back now if you happen to fast forward to this exact (laughs) moment. You're probably safe from any amount of spoilage. 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 Until we get to the next case. Mm-hmm. You can only be so safe, Murderer. <laughs> you knew. <laughs> let's, I guess then, let's jump into, I don't know exactly how much time we'll have today, but I have several little mini stories that we have wanted to go over for quite some time and just not been able to because they are relatively short. So over the next couple of episodes, or maybe today, just depending on timing, we're going to have somewhat of a sampler platter, a smorgasbord, (laughs) a charcuterie, a charcuterie. Ooh. A charcuterie of murder. Men behaving badly in the 2000s. (laughs) Men gone wild. Star craving mad men. Okay. (laughs) We've we've got enough titles. Now let's kind of get to the meat of at least one of these stories. Well, we have a couple of stories that do continue on our current topic and our parallel topic from last year, which have all involved parasite, which does not have anything to do with parrots or parrots, <laughs> but is typically defined as the killing of a parent. Mm. However, it can also be defined as the killing of other close family members, such as one's spouse or child. Aha. Uh-huh. This first story, which I am about to start, is a massive, massive, massive trigger. Trigger warning. It's horrifying. It's bad. It oh, involves right. a child. Uh, yes. Always. <sighs> so turn back now and go listen to episode whatever, 39, <laughs> if you'd rather. The first story we're going to discuss begins what? Or Google Parrots in Paris, the movie, (laughs) and just skip this entirely. (laughs) I don't know what's going to come up. Have you tried this Google search? No, I'll have to try it later. We'll have to try it. Okay, but back to the story. I must be serious. It begins similarly to last week in another very full house. To keep things simple to start, we'll say that we have a married couple, a 24-year-old woman and a 60-year-old man, and their five-month-old daughter. They also shared the home with the young woman's brother, the young woman's mother, and the young woman's stepfather. I didn't remember that part. All, what is that? Six of these people lived in a 1,400 square foot, three bed, two bath house together, which I don't know about you, 
but I think that would make me want to kill someone. <laughs> that sounds like too many people being near me at all times. Well, some people like coziness. Mm, that doesn't sound cozy. Think of the two guys in bed together with the dead body. I mean, <laughs> you have a weird idea of cozy. Creepy cozy. Okay. <laughs> Creepy cozy. <laughs> Lovely. It could be like a realtor description. This little cottage is rather creepy cozy. Hopefully they used that description when they sold the house in 2023. Okay. This creepy cozy cottage. What is oh, very a <laughs> alliterative, very nice. The scene of a horrific crime can be yours for only. Hopefully they got a good deal. The couple, remember, no comments from the peanut gallery on the 36 on the... year age gap. Well, I was kind of throwing up in my mouth. Seems like your favorite kind of thing to comment on. I think if you have a 60-year-old man and a 24-year-old woman, you're already laying the groundwork for trouble. Especially, I, I mean, if he was, if he was like a sugar daddy and they were living in some mansion and jetting off to Saint-Tropez, but they're all stuffed in a small home together. I mean, that might be your idea of a sugar daddy, but other people might have a different idea of a sugar daddy. That's true. They were married in 2016 and the entire family, it seems was supported financially by the husband who worked oh as a truck driver. We can assume he was gone part of the time. Correct. Apparently he was gone quite a bit, but he and his wife were excited to learn that she was pregnant and even more excited to welcome their baby girl to the world on January 30th, 2020. They were married for four years before mm -hmm. they had a baby. Hmm. This brief moment of happiness, however, didn't last. After the birth of their daughter, the couple began arguing a lot. And during the months following the birth of the little girl, the arguments became more and more frequent. According to many of the neighbors and family members and friends, and just the community at large, it seems, the young wife was not faithful to her husband while he was out on the road working. And this wasn't just a one-time thing, quick fling, or even one other long-term boyfriend. She was apparently pretty well known for having many extramarital relationships behind his back in their home. Ooh. Now, we do not know exactly what happened or why, but at some point in time, likely in early July, the young woman decided to tell her husband that the child was not his. Whether she said it specifically to hurt him or because she felt guilty or it was in the heat of the moment, again, we don't know. But what we do know is that this was true. And after he received this devastating news, neighbors often saw him weeping uncontrollably outside of the home that the family shared. Yeah, I remember something about how he just adored the little girl and was so happy to be a father. There were lots of very cute pictures of them together. One of the, I guess, kind of final straws was that over 4th of July weekend, the husband was unable to go out on a scheduled trip due to some health issues, and the couple's fighting intensified even further. 
On July 7th, 2020, officers responded to the family home after receiving a call for a welfare check from the wife's older brother. Was he living there? Yes. I wonder why you would call for a welfare check at your own house. He couldn't get into her room and he Uh, didn't hear the baby. And mm. both of those things were enormous red flags to him. I'd have broken down the door, but okay. He called the police. That's good. And the officers arrived at 1.36 in the afternoon and did indeed find that the door to the young woman's bedroom was locked. Her brother told them that his sister, who he last saw in the living room at 3 a.m., had not answered her door, although he had knocked several times. He also Mm -hmm. told them that she shared the room with her 60-year-old husband, who was not home, and that his sister's infant daughter could not be found anywhere in the house. Officers forced entry into the young woman's room, and they immediately observed an unresponsive female infant lying face up on the bed. She was unfortunately deceased. Poor baby. I know. As they continued moving through the room, they also found a young woman on the floor with it with it was a quote copious amounts of items piled on top of her. Mm. My immediate thought was he was trying to conceal her. I don't think that really would have worked, but he was probably just panicked. Not for long. Further investigation of the scene revealed that the young woman had suffered severe facial injuries, including fractures and significant blood loss. The injuries were bad to the point that she could not speak or move. Officers also noted in the probable cause statement that quantities of dried and wet red fluid and wetness consistent with blood and urine were found on various items around where the young woman was positioned on the floor and on the bed area. She was immediately flown in an air ambulance to a trauma center in a nearby city where she arrived in critical condition and was intubated for an immediate surgery to relieve swelling on her brain. Back at her house, officers continued to search the space and they obviously interviewed the family members and a number of neighbors. The family all agreed that they last saw the young woman and her baby around 3 a.m. on the 7th. At this time, they believed that her husband was asleep in their shared bedroom. Around 7 a.m., her brother said that he spoke to her husband and they had a conversation about going to the doctor. At some point in time after that, his sister's husband left the home. Now, he didn't know exactly when this happened because he went back to bed, but many of the neighbors reported that while this man's Volkswagen was in the driveway on the evening of the 6th, it had been missing since approximately 8 a.m. on the 7th. One neighbor said that he knew the man and did not believe he was capable of committing violence. He was incredibly thoughtful and considerate but that he saw him behaving strangely that fateful Tuesday morning, just hours before the tragedy was discovered. In an interview, he said, quote, I noticed he kept running from the front door to the end of the house. So I said to myself, something was wrong. And it about rang in my mind. I said to myself, oh God, I hope that baby is not dead. Later, I find out the baby is dead, end quote. 
but he was such a nice guy. Why would you just automatically jump to he murdered someone just because or, you saw him running around outside? Or maybe just that something had happened to the baby. Maybe oh, accidentally or something. I don't know. Yeah, that he found her crib death or something mm. and then he just flipped out. Yeah. But it's interesting to me when you said that the neighbor described him as just the nicest person, wouldn't hurt a fly. How many of our murderers have we heard people described that way? I mean, I feel like a lot. Yes. So, I mean, that's not really. It goes back to last week. Can't trust anybody. Don't have friends <laughs> and just become a hermit. Exactly. I'm with you. <laughs> Okay, so it was totally out of character, but he was behaving very oddly Tuesday morning. Mm -hmm. Now, the family members also agreed during these interviews that although they were home, none of them heard any noises or commotion at any point in time during the early morning from the couple's bedroom. Hard to believe in a small house where somebody has basically been bludgeoned. Mm hmm that, I don't know, did they have the TV on loud? Were they listening to a rock concert? How does somebody get murdered with three other people in the house and nobody hears anything? The only sort of explanation that they offered in the document that I received was that her parents were elderly and in pretty poor health and that actually her stepfather had pretty significant hearing loss. And they basically offered that up as potentially they just didn't hear because of those things. Hmm. There wasn't any other explanation. Or maybe maybe he could have put his hand over her mouth or something. Or maybe the first blow knocked her unconscious and so she wasn't able to scream. Maybe she was sleeping initially. Yeah. I don't know. At 1 p.m., the brother told investigators that he woke back up to go to a doctor's appointment. And I don't know if he was just going to his sister's room to say goodbye or good morning or just check in, but he discovered her door was locked when he went to do whatever it was. During the course of the investigation, the detectives found no indication that any non-family members had entered the home at any point in time. And while they personally inspected each member of the family, none of them had any notable injury, any blood, or any other indication that they had been recently involved in an assault. No bruises on their knuckles or mm -hmm. scratches or mm -hmm. anything like that. Yeah, their observed behavior apparently also indicated to the responding officers that they were genuinely surprised and incredibly sad, which also seemed to indicate that they weren't involved in any way. Now, as a result of the evidence collected during this preliminary investigation, including interviews, as well as the fact that the husband was missing from the home and apparently left behind his wallet, his cell phone, his medications, and other personal items, the officers believed that the husband had prerequisite means, motive, and opportunity to assault his wife which made him unique when compared to the other members of the household. And by the next afternoon, when the husband still had not returned home, a probable cause statement, which is what I have gotten all of this information from, was submitted in hopes of receiving an arrest warrant for malicious wounding, which was also called shooting, stabbing, etc., with intent to maim, kill, etc., 
And an emergency protective order was also requested for his wife. Well, she's in a hospital. I mean, Correct. yeah, hopefully they're keeping an eye on her since she's a victim of an assault, mm -hmm. an attempted murder. Which is also interesting. I wonder why they didn't try to charge him with attempted murder instead of malicious wounding. I mean, we're not really clear on what the difference is, but I you think there think is a difference. Attempted murder sounds more serious. On the other hand, I, would I guess you could try to run somebody over with your car and they could jump out of the way and stub their toe and that would be attempted murder but they wouldn't be badly injured whereas malicious True. assault you're assuming someone is very badly injured maybe it's more serious yeah we'll have to put that on our list after malicious assault oh. versus attempted murder got it after this paperwork was submitted, the husband was found the following day in a nature park about 45 minutes from his home. He was brought into custody where he basically immediately confessed to hitting his wife, quote, between two to three times, end quote, in the head with a hammer Ooh. and then using a cotton burping cloth to smother her baby. Well, at least he didn't take the hammer to the baby. I guess. It was a ball-peen hammer. Somehow that sounds worse. I think so. I think it's kind of... Round it has like ball. a smaller <laughs> surface area, so I feel like maybe it could do like, more damage. Like it could sink into your skull better. Yeah. <sighs> His wife spent several months in a medically induced coma. And by the time another tragedy struck the family in October with the death of her stepfather, the young woman had moved into an assisted living facility her brother described as very bad, where she spent nearly two years. It's sad that she went through that and then ended up in a facility that apparently was not very nice. It is sad. The whole thing is incredibly sad. I mean, if there is any sort of silver lining, which... I don't know. She did eventually make it home back to live with her brother and her mom. Mm -hmm. But long before that ever happened, her husband made it to court where he was initially facing charges for second degree murder and malicious wounding. So they're not saying this was pre-planned. My understanding of first degree murder is not necessarily that it must be premeditated. Here are the three different qualifiers for first degree murder. The killing was committed in specific ways and those include poison, lying in wait, imprisonment, or starvation. The murder was committed in the commission of or the attempt to commit arson, rape, forcible sodomy, inanimate or animate object, sexual penetration, robbery, burglary, or abduction, or the killing was willful, deliberate, and premeditated. They must have charged him with the willful, premeditated murder of the baby. Maybe. We don't really know that he wasn't lying in wait. Well, that's true. Could have been in the closet. Instead of second-degree murder, he actually pled guilty in February of 2021 to charges of first-degree murder and malicious wounding, leading to the victim being permanently impaired. So mm. those charges did change slightly. And he was supposed to be... This is very, 
the, okay, let me just, he was supposed to be sentenced on June 14th, but this date was actually pushed back by his team to accommodate a mental and physical health exam. We're going to come back to that one because it's not because they were trying to prove he was insane or something like that. So he was instead sentenced on July 27th. Now, the Commonwealth's attorney asked for life, telling the judge he he pled guilty. He did. Okay, so it's not a jury trial. No, he pled. It was just the judge sentencing based on the state guidelines for you know, minimum, maximum, typical sentence for first degree murder and malicious wounding. So the Commonwealth's attorney asked for life, telling the judge that this man's wife suffered immensely and that she had to learn to do things all over again that her daughter would never get to do, like walk and talk. The Commonwealth's Mm. attorney further said that this man quote, destroyed his wife's face and future, end quote, before snuffing out the baby's life, and that there was no other word for this besides evil. His defense attorney, on the other hand, asked the judge to stay within the sentencing guidelines as her client was generally agreeable He pled guilty. He never tried to rationalize his crimes. He'd never been in trouble with the law before and had been in a stable job for 35 years. I don't know if that's really a mitigating factor. (sighs) I mean, you held a job, but then you killed somebody. I don't know that they connect. Lots of murderers are gainfully employed. Hitler had a full-time job. He was chancellor of Germany. (laughs) What an interesting comparison. They could have said if if he had made it to the war crimes. Well, he held a job. He was hardworking. He he didn't do anything until the last 10 years of his life. (laughs) I guess. We'll never know what a defense attorney might have said in defense of Hitler. The judge in this case, though... (laughs) said that he did decide to stray from the guidelines, which require a mandatory minimum of 20 years because the murder victim was a helpless baby. The defense was hoping for a lighter sentence, obviously. You sentence a 60-year-old to 20 years, it's pretty much life. In the end, he received 40 years for the brutal beating of his wife, and he received a life sentence for the first-degree murder of her five-month-old daughter. Wow, that judge wasn't playing. No. You can almost feel for some guy, he's 60 years old, he's finally found love, thinks everything's great, has this family, has a daughter for the first time. Well, I'm assuming the first time. I don't no, he that. had a daughter. He had an adult daughter. Oh, okay. But, but anyway, uh, he had this yeah. new little girl that he adored and i mean it's one thing to just like fly into a rage and kill your cheating wife but what possible excuse could you have for killing an innocent baby it's not the baby's fault what the mother did he did apparently really feel very remorseful i'm sure after his sentencing he said i'm sorry for all i've done i deserve what i'm getting He also added that if he could change what he had done, he would, and said that he already had one death sentence. Mm. Because it turns out 
by the way, that by June 2021, when they asked for that delay, he had received a terminal cancer diagnosis. Oh, wow. That's why his team asked for that delay for a health screening to make sure he was, and I don't know, maybe it was brain cancer or something because they wanted to be sure that he had the mental faculties about him to go through the trial. But even if his team had gotten him the 20 years, if he had terminal cancer, that wasn't going to be really help him in any way. No, no. Hmm. As of May of last year, which is the most recent certain update I could find, the young woman is still in a wheelchair and has permanent damage to one side of her face. And as for her husband, who destroyed her life in more ways than we could possibly quantify, on November 16th, 2021, just under four months after his sentencing, he passed away at 61. Wow. I wonder if he knew he had cancer when he did this terrible thing. I wonder too. It's way too. Do you think you would be more or less likely to kill someone you were angry with, who you felt had ruined your life and betrayed you and taken your child from you, if you had cancer or if you didn't have cancer? Well, I think we need the public to weigh in on that <laughs> one. But I guess in some ways, if you knew you were going to die soon anyway, you might think, well, what the hell? What can they do to me? I'm already dying. Yeah, I think there are several movies and TV shows <laughs> that center around that idea. Some sort of terminal diagnosis. So you just become a vigilante <laughs> for justice or whatever the case may be and get revenge or right. serve justice or whatever. It's kind of a toss-up. You might think, I'm dying anyway. Why don't I just pretend my wife loves me and my child is mine and mm. you know they'll be there for me holding my hand as I pass on or, hey, can't do anything to me. I might as well go out with a bang. He probably felt betrayed and upset that she was doing all this behind his back. Oh, sure. While he sure. was supporting the family after they'd been married for four years. It's not like they had just gotten married. Yeah, I mean, he was taking care of her family. Everybody. It doesn't justify murder. No, Nothing does. No, of course not. Especially no. not of this poor, sweet, innocent baby. That's the worst and saddest part. It's horrible. It's horrible. This one is very sad. Yeah. That little babe would be four. It's hard to believe the things that people do, but sadly, humans can get blinded by rage and just not seeing the consequences of their actions. Mm -hmm. I'm sure immediately after he did this, he was horrified, felt remorse, ran off to that ark. I would just be curious to know if he already knew he was dying. And maybe that's how it started. He says to his wife, I just saw my doctor and I have six months to live and this is how you treat me. You just don't know what sets people off. No, and in a lot of these cases where there was a guilty plea, we do have so little information. Yeah, because we usually get a lot of information if there's an appeal. And, you know, of course, when you plead guilty, in most cases, you're waiving your right to an appeal. So we'll never have all of that additional information. Well, cha I'm changing. I'm changing the subject. So <laughs> I thought you were changing the title of the show to happy, 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 <laughs> happy, 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 <laughs> a review from a listener. 
Oh, I love a review. We don't always share these very often, but it just feels like we need a reprieve. Well, then it must be a good review. I hope I I don't. (laughs) Am absolutely obsessed. I randomly found your podcast and it started with episode 72 and I was hooked. I drive around for work all day long and I instantly hit play as soon as I am back into my car, LOL. I'm up to episode 70 and I'm sort of dreading catching up and having to wait once a week to listen to y'all. I love how real you all are. The banter is absolutely the best. My husband thinks I'm crazy when I start laughing while he knows I'm listening to a murder podcast, LMAO. Thank you for all of your amazing work. Our banter is the best. We're the best banterers. All I can think of when I think of banter is all of these like trashy love shows I watch on. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Because all of the girls always say they want a guy with good banter. Oh, I didn't even know that was a word people use these days. It is a word. I think in the UK it's used pretty heavily. I hate to cut the smorgasbord short, but I think we'll have to smorgasbord next week. Some of our other parrots in Paris stories. <laughs> Because it seems a good week. time to bid adieu to all adieu, of you. And if you want to send us a nice comment, that person slid into our DMs. We're on Instagram and Facebook, Murderer You Know Podcast, where you can email us, know at gmail.com. We're here for you. Yeah. Tell us how you feel about our banter. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Well, ta-ta for now. Ta-ta for now. Do-dee-doo.